we'd gotten rid of it. We we had thought it was eradicated. We were hoping to to get rid of it the same way that we got rid of polio. Um, and we were down to just a few hundred cases um, worldwide, just not that long ago, maybe 2015. And now we've got the first detection of it in the Americas since 1994, I think. So uh, pretty pretty devastating um, for this thing to reemerge. There's a really effective vaccine against it. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, I, I, I don't, <laughs> as a microbiologist, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I think people have forgotten about this virus. I've forgotten about the dangers of this virus and what we've just gone through with coronavirus. I think people are, are kind of tired of vaccines and vaccination and, and don't want to think about that anymore. But vaccines have been so important for such a long length of time that, that that surveillance, that lack of surveillance is allowing these things to creep back in. Yeah, and Hazel, why don't you talk a little bit? You've been a big advocate of the COVID vaccine since it was available. You've really spoken positive about that. And, of course, you go back 1940s and 1950s when polio was at its height. You're talking about tens of thousands of children that died and disabilities as well put together with that, unfortunately. But what? Talk about polio and how in the world this can still survive with a vaccine out there. Is that being unvaccinated or what could it be? Yeah, it's unvaccinated people. Um, it's 75. It's a little bit like coronavirus in that people can carry it and not know that they're sick and transmit it. So about 75% of people who get infected with polio have no signs, no symptoms. They, they don't realize they're sick and they're going around. And you, you shed, your body sheds a lot of it when you go to the bathroom. And that gets into the, 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 the water and it's very hard to stop it from spreading. As you said, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I remember when I was a kid of being in school with somebody who had, had polio um, paralysis. So it's a really devastating virus. Well, it circulates mostly in your um, bloodstream and you shed it in your intestines, but it can get from your bloodstream into your spinal cord and it will actually damage the neurons in the spinal cord. And depending on where that damage is, if it's a lower level, then you may have damage where, you know, you have um, uh, paralysis in the leg, but as it moves up, the symptoms become more and more severe and then you could get um, uh damage at the base of the the brain or actually in the bulbal part of the brain at the back and that will end up in, in death and it's pretty it's it's pretty devastating i mean the whole march of dimes was to come up with the, the the money to be able to support vaccine research because it was so devastating at the time so many children were affected um but uh it is the the vaccine that was created was a living vaccine that when you were vaccinated, you started to shed the vaccine itself, and then people around you who weren't vaccinated would pick that up. We shifted away from that vaccine to some extent because it was a living virus, so there was a possibility that it could revert to its wild state. And so we went back to a, vi a vaccine that's very much like the coronavirus vaccine, and that it is a dead virus. It, there's no way it can go back to its original state. And 
it, it could be that maybe not having this circulating vaccine strain has created this tiny window that, you know, somebody traveling in New York tends to be a hub for this because it's one of the main ports of entry for people coming into the U.S., that somebody brought it back from overseas, and, and here we go again. Hazel, how is uh, polio, the virus, how is it spread? So what happens is is you poop, um, and there's a lot of virus in the poop. It gets into water. It survives for a long period of time in water, and then you can you can drink water that's contaminated, and you don't need very much. Just a, a you know just a few of these virus particles. It's a very very infectious, and it will replicate in your tonsils. And then from your tonsils, it kind of moves into your bloodstream and circulates in your bloodstream and starts to seed back into your testing again, and then you, you send it. And it never used to be a huge problem because people tended to live in, you know, agricultural systems spread out. But when we started to move into big cities and living big cities at the end of the 19th, to beginning of the 20th century, you created this perfect environment for the, the virus to spread. And especially where you have, you know, poverty and there's a lot of people crammed in together in a small space, then it was much easier for a virus like that to move. So it's really, it's an ancient virus. We, we see pictures of it depicted, the, the paralysis you get from it depicted um, in a lot of ancient um, texts. But it became a big problem in the 20th century just because of people moving into big cities and overcrowding. With us is Dr. Hazel Barton, University of Akron Integrated Bioscience Department, Professor of Biology. Hazel, what's your concern level with this? I know it's, it was in New York and six different counties. They were saying wastewater and such, but I always look at these things like I did with COVID about three years ago when I saw that in China. I said, uh-oh, this could be the beginning of something. But with this polio, and, and you mentioned those being unvaccinated, do you have a concern at all? We're not going to have an epidemic. I mean, most of us are vaccinated. Um, <clears throat> you know, the vaccine is, is lifelong. You get exposed, exposed to it in the environment that you should get boosted. It is very dangerous to um, older people. Their chances of getting a fatal or a disfiguring paralysis from it go up as you age. So the older you get, if you haven't been vaccinated, the more at risk you are. Um, the question, I mean, it's still a standard childhood vaccine. It's still part of the, just because we thought it was wiped out, we didn't stop vaccinating against it because it, it wasn't entirely wiped out. So we should all be in a very different situation than we were with coronavirus, where all of us were naive to it as far as immune systems went. So I don't think it's going to be an epidemic. I think it's going to put a lot of people in danger. People need to take it seriously. They need to make sure that um, everyone's getting their childhood vaccine series. And if you're concerned, you should go seek the vaccine. Um, but the big disappointment is, you know, we came within just, just a few years of, of completely wiping this virus out. So it would be like smallpox, where we would have never have to deal with it again. And, and here we are um, back to the beginning. So it's not going to be it's not going to be an epidemic, um, but it's really important to make sure that you your vaccine status is uh, up to date. 
Hazel, I want to wrap up our conversation this morning. You mentioned vaccine a couple of times there. I have as well. Yesterday, I talked about vaccine in regards to meningitis with the students going back on the campuses and the high schools with the teens and such and talking about vaccine with COVID and getting that booster with this this new booster with a little bit of a tweak formula. Now we're talking about vaccine again in regards to polio vaccines themselves. There are those still today, though that are kind of turning their heads to vaccines. You've been a big proponent to the world vaccine. Yeah, I think what it is, is people forgotten what it was like before. I mean, when the when the polio vaccine came out, people were lining up with their kids. There were huge lines of people waiting just to get the vaccine because there was nothing before. There was nothing to protect you or your, or your children. And, and it was terrifying to see, you know, your someone you love at the time, you know, with a paralysis from polio, they put you in the iron lung. You know, you've lived your life lying inside this big kind of tube that could keep you alive by by breathing for you. They didn't have any way of using a respirator like we have today. And I think we've forgotten what that looks like. I think Corona virus gave us a window into that kind of fear and anxiety over not being protected by something you couldn't see. And for a lot of people, that that led to, you know, embracing the vaccine when it came out. But there's a lot of misinformation out there. And these viruses, these diseases, you know, the meningitis virus is also pretty terrifying. They're, they're so destructive. And if you've never seen someone go through through something like that, then, you know, there's like, well, maybe I'm not sure. This is something foreign I'm putting in my body. But these vaccines are very, very safe. They're so much safer than the disease itself. And we've kind of forgotten as a society what, you know, what level of 50% child mortality looks like, right? In the 1950s, you know, up to, you know, you have two children. One of them is not going to make it to the age of five because, the vaccines aren't available to protect them. And we've forgotten what that looks like. Looks like. And instead, we've got an ecosystem of information that's being misspread by someone saying, oh, well, look up this data set. This, this shows you that, you know, the vaccines are five times more dangerous, and that's simply not the case. And it's very, very hard to fight back against that misinformation. 